You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Well, we are back with Gospel-Centered Rest. We are so glad that you're joining us. Today's conversation is about forgiveness. And in particular, we're going to be discussing the life of David, and two very important moments in David's life where uh, I would I would say his theology of forgiveness uh, was was formative, and there were times in David's life where he had to seek forgiveness. We're going to be talking about one of those one of those very uh, significant times, but also a time where he was called to forgive others. And so, David, Pastor David, you are here. Um, would you just mind? giving us a, a quick overview of these two instances and maybe point us in the direction of our discussion here this afternoon? Yeah, I think the the two aspects uh, that we want to talk about are when someone asks for forgiveness mm-hmm. um, but uh, can't be trusted, uh, how do we respond? And then the second aspect that we want to look at is uh, when we ask for forgiveness, um, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So, uh, to, just to r- remind us, we a few weeks ago we looked at uh, Saul and David, and David was asked to forgive Saul. Yeah. And as we saw, it was it must have been almost it must have been a surreal moment for David because <laughs> uh, Saul is out to kill David. He, he has an, basically an elite army uh, coming after David. Uh, in fact, just a few chapters earlier, they were each on one side of the mountain, and God's providence kept David from being captured. And who knows what Saul would have done with David at that point. To now David, uh, or Saul saying to David, uh, David, my son. And then uh, David basically saying, why are you after me? What, what have I done? In fact, I've spared your life twice. And then Saul in verse 26, or chapter 26, verses, or verse 21, gives such a profound confession. Mm-hmm. Um, he hits every part. If, if you're sincere about this confession, it's a good confession yeah. of, of sin. <laughs> so David could have been taken in by it, but David's response was, uh, here's the king's spear. Have one of your young men come over and get it. He's like, I'm not buying that. Hmm. I'm not getting close hmm. to you. Hmm. Uh, and so what does wisdom in forgiveness look like? I think that's that was one of the things that uh, struck me when we worked through that passage. So let's just take a moment and park it on David's forgiveness of Saul and that, and that moment that you had just mentioned there, David, um, not to be confused with King David. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but when you just think about that moment, and and like you had mentioned, Saul just gives this profound, this profound apology, this profound for um, plead for for forgiveness. And and as we look at that, we think, wow, this is a this is a really good, this is a really good framework for even repentance. Um, Absolutely, and yeah. and asking of forgiveness from someone. Now, what what is it about David's response to to Saul mm-hmm. uh, in this in this moment that that you think is important for us to understand? 
could we not look at David's response here and think David isn't responding as as Jesus should, as Jesus would have responded? Yeah. Um, but yeah, how should how should we think about David's response here? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. Maybe I'll say a few things, and then Byron, you can build on this. Uh, d- like if we look at Saul's response in verse twenty one, he says, "I have sinned." Mm-hmm. Like there it is, and then. Uh, he owns it even more. He says, come back, my son, David. I mean, one of the things that we hear repeatedly <coughs> is uh, when, when, when David would meet up with people like Jonathan, Jonathan went home, but David went away. Like, how great would it have been for David to go back home? Um, this was David's opportunity to, to have things reconciled, to have things settled. But then he goes on to say, I will never harm you again because today you considered my life precious. So there you have the promise. My life has changed. I'll never um, seek your life. I won't harm you. Um, I've been a fool. And then he says, I've committed a grave error. Such prof- like that would be such profound repentance. Uh, and um, like you said, if someone hears that, our natural response would probably be, or we'd probably want to say, mm-hmm. I forgive you. Because not to forgive is to be not Christ-like. Um, and it's, it sounds exactly what we want to hear. Um, and it sounds sincere. But here's what David does, is he says, here is the king's spear. Have one of the young men come over and get it. Hmm. The Lord will repay every man for his righteousness and his loyalty. I wasn't willing to lift my hand against the Lord's anointed, even though the Lord handed you over to me today. Just as I considered your life valuable today, so may the Lord consider my life valuable and rescue me from all trouble. So I think three things that David does is, first of all, um, he says, I'm not buying it. Yeah. And I don't know if we're used to saying that. Um, We're used to saying... Now, uh, there is a sense in which, um, you know, you, you can forgive, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but somehow David recognized that this just was not sincere. Uh, so he says, I'm, I'm not buying it mm-hmm. right now because mm-hmm. uh, you have one of your men come over and grab the spear. The next thing that he does um, is he, he, um, he puts himself in the hands of God. Uh, he says, um, the Lord will repay man for his righteousness and his loyalty. And by the way, Saul, the Lord's handed me over, or you over to me twice. Um, <coughs> I didn't, I didn't kill you. Uh, so he, he handed him, and there's a sense in which David handed himself over to the Lord, uh, and entrusted his life to the Lord. And then the last thing that he says, so may the Lord consider my life valuable and rescue me from all trouble. Uh, he didn't look to Saul to rescue him. Uh, and sometimes I think that's the profound misgiving in forgiveness is that we think, um, that their restoration of relationship begins when forgiveness takes place. But David actually shows us another way where his ultimate reliance wasn't on Saul or the one who had sinned against him and the process of forgiveness, but his ultimate reliance was, um, his righteousness before the Lord or his right acts before the Lord, because David was doing what was right, and then um, the Lord will rescue him. Mm-hmm. So, Byron, did you have anything to... I'm just thinking it's so true to real life and real people 
And it's so easy sometimes when we're not in the relationship, when we don't know the history, we can say, oh, well, you should do this. Or, well, why didn't you do this? And the guilt trips can start flying. You think even in this context, if we go back two chapters earlier, Saul is again saying, oh, David, I was so wrong. David, my son, you're the one. You know, there's a deja vu here that David has seen this before. And Saul has been in tears before because of his sorrow as at that moment he sees his sin. But we see it doesn't last. And it's been one time after another after another where he's chasing him and trying to kill him. And oh, it's, it, it's going to change. And then it's there again. And oh, it's going to change. And then it's there again. And I think that's real life where we say, yes, you can forgive someone because you're not going out after them and trying to exact vengeance. But it doesn't mean that you forget what has happened or you act as if, oh, everything's brand new. We have to recognize people and character and work within that. And I think that's a really good point to make because, as you were saying, with Saul's, there's history here between David and Saul. So this isn't just a a one-time thing. This isn't a one-time event. Uh, there, there's been a pattern in Saul's life, and he is like he is seeking to kill David. Like you can't get really more harsh than that, yeah. uh, more uh, more destructive, more abusive than that. And he's seeking to take David's life. And so, so you gotta you gotta take this in consideration of of the context, of what's happening in in David's life, um, and not just you know pull pull something like this out out of the Bible and say, okay, well, this, this applies to, you know, this situation in my life. But you got to really think through that, I think. Yeah, um, it, forgiveness is deep. It is. Because I think when you, as Byron mentioned, and you just alluded to, I think David would have been viewed as a bad Christian. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Like, how do you, I mean, most people would long to hear a confession like Saul gave. Mm-hmm. Um, and David basically brushes it off and says, I'm entrusting myself to the Lord. But the wisdom of that statement, um, because if you're in a broken relationship, you're not a bad Christian who basically says, no, we're going to stay at a distance right now. And on top of that, um, if this is going to be fixed, it's going to be fixed because, you know, the Lord fixes that. And uh, like when when David, um, David saying the Lord will repay every man for his righteousness and his loyalty. That's what Saul didn't have, righteousness and loyalty. Um, so I think it's basically a, a teaching moment for Saul to say, okay, if we're going to be reconciled, you're going to show some righteousness and you're going to show some loyalty. So over time, if I see that you're not chasing me and over time, if you know, you're, you, you live a righteous life, mm-hmm. in other words, one that we can be <laughs> in the same room, uh, then, then, then we can talk about restoration or reconciliation. So David's is actually wise in what he says because he maintains a distance, but he also says to Saul, "This is what a healthy relationship looks like." Yeah. We don't have a healthy relationship right now, yeah. and sometimes the church has said, "Go back into an unhealthy relationship." But why? Yeah, because um, you know the the other person isn't righteous and they're not loyal, even though they may claim to, uh, to be that, uh, mm-hmm. and. 
David saying, even though the Lord handed you over to me today, I'm seeking to be loyal. <clears throat> There's nothing in me that hasn't shown my disloyalty. Um, I'm seeking to be righteous. I'm seeking to do the right thing. And that's the confusion as well, because people do do the right thing. People are loyal, and then they hear someone come back and say, well, I'm righteous and I'm loyal, but clearly they're not. So for, for David to say um, righteousness and loyalty, he's basically teaching Saul, uh, this is what a relationship is, and until I see that, uh, have one of your young men come and get your spear, because <laughs> I'm not going near this one. So do you think and that's it, a good that's a good Christian answer? Yeah, it's not David being a bad Christian. And along with that, David, do you think that um, that it would be right to say that you can you can forgive, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you should trust. That there can be forgiveness without trust, yeah. um, per se. Like if somebody if it is an unhealthy relationship, you can I mean forgive for uh, for the sake of of yourself but before God, but doesn't necessarily mean that you, that you need to trust that person. Yeah, it would be foolish to trust mm -hmm. because um, we may not get to it in the podcast, but that's okay. Yeah. But when David sins against Bathsheba, um, uh, we see that David confesses his sin, but there's still consequences right. to his sin. Right. And that's the hard part is uh, forgiveness doesn't erase consequences. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I were to use this, say somebody comes to me and is struggling with forgiveness um, and say, well, how, where do we even start? I, I could see using uh, David's answer, um, here's the king's spear, have one of your young men come over and get it, like maintain a distance. And then the second part of the council would be, what is a, what is a healthy relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, one where there's loyalty and righteousness. Um, so... It, it would just be enabling Saul yep. if he went back into that relationship. But David is seeking to live out the faithfulness of God and, and, a, and a strong relationship with God because it would take more courage for David to stay away from Saul than to go to Saul in some ways. Yeah. And he's basically, it's a teaching moment to say, this is what I want. If we're, this is what I need in a relationship. Um, I need righteousness and I need loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, um, otherwise, um, like David says later, may the Lord consider my life valuable and rescue me from all trouble. Otherwise, I'm afraid you're not going to treat my life as valuable, and I'm just going to go back into trouble. So to your point, I think you can um, mm -hmm. offer forgiveness in the sense where uh, you're able to say, um, I, I will. I will count that cost. Mm -hmm. I will pay that penalty. Mm -hmm. um, but there are consequences, and that is in brokenness. Yeah. Now, considering what David says here in verse twenty-three, the Lord will repay every man for his righteousness. Why do you think a statement like that? And this is a question for both of you. Why do you think a statement like that is so important within this context and this picture? Um, what does this statement speak to justice and whose justice is it? Is it, is it going to be David's justice in the end that's taken on Saul or is it going to be God's justice in the end? What do you say to the person even, I know these are a lot of questions, but what do you say to the person who, who says, well, you know, I've got this, uh, I have this broken relationship 
this difficult situation with this person in my life and I can't trust them. I can forgive them, but I can't trust them. But what about them? How are, how are, how are they going to come to grips with, with what they've done? How are they going to be paid for uh, what they've done? Isn't it up to me to treat them in such a way that's to, you know, um, to seek my justice for myself? Uh, but what is it about David's answer here, you think, that, that kind of speaks to that? I think it's very much David placing themselves in God's judgment. He's basically saying, God knows our hearts. God knows our motives. God knows why we're doing and what we're doing, even when we fool ourselves. And I think that's equally true for us as it was for them. And when we're in a situation where we have been hurt, if we take God's role and decide we're going to exact what we decide is our revenge or appropriate consequences, that's a heavy load that sucks people in and, and drains us and, and can be incredibly harmful to ourselves. Um, when we come and say, God will do what is right. God knows best. I will trust him. That doesn't mean, okay, so let's pretend that nothing ever happened. It's a matter of saying, okay, I'm not going to stand in final judgment of you. That's God's role. And he says he will do it to the nth degree. It's mine to avenge. It's, you know, God says, leave it up to me. All things will be right. That can seem a long way off. And you think in the immediate, I don't want to take on that role, but I can have comfort to say, God will avenge what has happened to me. And at the same time, I can be wise, like David was, in dealing with Saul, of not leaping back into the situation. And, and keep in mind, Saul had said in their earlier back and forth, two chapters earlier, here it said, I know you're going to be king. And I know God has, you know, so that's already there in his head. And yet he's still acting this way again. And that happens in real relationships. Um, they don't change overnight. Yeah, exactly. To, to build on what you just said, Byron, the context is David brought Abishai with him. And Abishai is basically saying, I can, I can kill Saul with one spear. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an expert warrior. But David says, as the Lord lives, the Lord will certainly strike him down. Either um, his day will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. And uh, I think that's why David is able to say, Basically, things are not right, Saul. Yeah. Because um, what he says, first of all, he believes that the Lord lives. And that's hard to do sometimes when we're in messiness. Um, so he's basically saying, with, as the Lord lives, the Lord will act. And then he says, like the Lord could do it this way, or he could do it this way, or he could do it this way. Um, he could die in battle. He could have long life. Uh, he could, um, something else could happen to him. Um, the, so the Lord... Um, but but the general principle of like there are consequences and so to your point I think that's exactly true is you know the Lord is a way better defender of himself than we are mm-hmm. and he is a way better defender mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. than we are now I don't think that means we back down from difficult conversations I think actually what David said there was a difficult conversation like you're calling out the king you're not mm-hmm. righteous and you're not loyal that's a difficult conversation. Um, 
so leaving it up to the Lord doesn't mean that there's no conversations. Mm-hmm. You, you plead with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but we often exact revenge very harshly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll, we'll end with this question, but how can the justice of God be a comfort to us in, in moments and in times, times like this and when we're dealing with relationships like this? Yeah, the, o- the only way that I see that right now is just in the, in the cross where God has Amen. taken my condemnation. Amen. And um, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not blaming, you know, David for Saul treating him like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that our big context is in Christ. And he, um, G- God was both justified and the justifier, and he did everything perfectly. Um, and he has forgiven my sins. And so I think you, you hold out hope, but the cross is also a place of judgment mm-hmm. and of the harsh realities of a hard heart um, and uh, a broken, sinful, dark world that we can live in and that mm-hmm. can leave scars um, in us. So I think our, our hope ultimately in the justice of God is his righteousness, he will do what is right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, everybody is going to have to come face to face with the cross, with Jesus at, at some point uh, in our in our existence. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, David, I, I think that the cross just, just gives us the assurance that, that justice has been served on our behalf. Um, and even for those who we might be struggling with, that if they come to the cross, justice is served yeah. for for them as well on on their behalf but also ultimately it's a it is, it is a sign of judgment and mm-hmm. jesus does say that he's coming to judge the living and the dead yeah and we can take comfort in that that again at the end of the day god's got this yeah and i think that's what david david in this passage is bringing us to and reminding us of and reminding those around him and the way that he responds i mean how unnatural of a response is this yeah um, yeah. but he really through it all is saying, you know, God has this under his control. Yeah. I'm going to do what is right for the Lord yeah. and I'm going to trust him with it. And what great comfort we have yeah. in that. Yeah. And that the Lord lives. And even in our, like we, we may not always get this exactly right. And it may not always be as balanced as we want it to be in our life, but the Lord, the Lord lives. Um, Mm -hmm. so we might mistrust too much. We might trust too easily. Um, we may trust just right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. who, who knows at times, because these are, these things are so complicated. Um, but to know that the Lord lives and if basically David wasn't only calling out Saul, but David was entrusting himself to the Lord, as you mentioned, Tyler. And at the cross, we see the definitive proof, Mm -hmm. um, that justice will be accomplished but with so much mercy and grace. Yes. Yes. So for sure. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. And, and thank you for listening. For those of you who are listening, we would encourage you that if you haven't done so already, um, we would appreciate you, uh, just reviewing us on, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on and giving us, giving us a rating, five star ratings. Good. That's the full (laughs) rating. Um, that just helps us to, uh, to uh, get out there a little bit more and for people to be encouraged by 
the rest and the goodness that's in the gospel and the truth and even the justice that we find uh, in the gospel and in the cross. So thank you for listening.